Hello everyone. This is episode number seven, and this is kind of special episode for me. We have about 100 episodes in Russian language, and it is a seven episode in English, and we not doing too often the kind of interview question when I'm coming with microphone to the some company and interviewing people in person. And this is the experiment. Sorry, there's just not as great as I expected with the sound. But interviews should be really interesting, so let's check it out. Hi everyone, this is uh, episode number seven, Android Day podcast, and I'm so proud. Today I'm at the Gradle, and we gonna talk all about the build system. And with us today is Hans, CEO of Gradle, right? I'm founder. Just Thanks, to mention, founder, yeah. yeah, thank you. And Rus, <laughs> Rus. Yeah, who am I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, uh, I do uh, sales, I do marketing, I do developer advocacy, customer support, all things at Gradle. Been at Gradle for uh, six and a half years now and working with Android for, uh, I don't know, around nine years now since we talked about the Ant and yeah. Eclipse days. of. Uh, it's also yeah. worth to mention how we met each other. Like, I've seen you first time on the GDG Fest because of what? Uh, yeah, so our uh, we did a uh, our Android GDG meetup at uh, the Lyft office and uh, and that's where uh, Dennis and I met and talked about this podcast and it's interesting how the Android community you know it, it just brings people together yeah. you know yeah. and, and uh, you're running all this GDG events right? Yeah, I'm one of the organizers of GDG and And that's how I actually met met Hans, right? We uh, from the San Francisco yeah. Java user group. Oh, and Hans did a great old talk. Right, but then we met again when uh, uh, it's an interesting story, right? When Google uh, decided that that Gradle becomes uh, 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 the new build system for Android, we had the honor and pleasure to have a booth at Google I/O. Oh, right. So, so of course we we took that, and so I was in San Francisco. It was before I moved to San Francisco when I was still living in Berlin, and you dropped by at our booth. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and I, then uh, and that and after that you joined us, yeah. right? Uh, you were yes. so impressed. Yes. Say, oh, those guys have a booth at Google. Well, I always wanted to work in open source <laughs> yeah. on the uh, on the business side, and uh, and I'd met Hans before, and he was a cool young entrepreneur from Berlin, very technical, and did this great talk on Gradle. And uh, and so uh, when Google announced the, uh, the the partnership between Gradle and, and it became very interesting for me, right? And I saw Hans at Google I/O. I had an invitation there, and uh, it was great. And yeah. then uh, after that, I, I joined like uh, a month later. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what's the brief history of Gradle? How it was started? So, uh, it it got started out of. Frustration, right? So, so uh, I I got so I was that was back in, in Germany. I was working, you know, for companies like Volkswagen and and, and Continental, and then I I got just uh, more and more frustrated about low productivity environments, right? And at this point, uh, one of the biggest problems with low productivity was things were not automated at all, right? And with the uh, existing build systems, it was it was so hard to uh, to automate. The custom requirements in a way that it's maintainable, right? Maven was so limited what you could do, and was not offering enough structure. They were both slow. There was not much innovation happening, right? So that was one part of the story. And then I was at a transition point where I was really uh, trying to think what would I want to do next. So I was uh, in parallel working with uh, Eric Evans together. We had a company together teaching domain-driven design, but at the same time, it was when. The dynamic languages were all hype. Ruby came to the scene and things like that. So I said, hey, I want to get my hand dirty. Why do that? don't I use a dynamic language that is close to my ecosystem, that is Java? And I play around with creating a build system. So that was uh, that was the frustration from build, trying to get more experience with dynamic languages. Uh, that that was uh, that was the origin story. And uh, and then uh, there was interest basically from day two, right? Uh, uh, in what I was doing and yeah and then uh, uh, it's a conservative domain when you start a build system like having no kind of famous company behind you or anything like that right it's it's a people are reluctant to say oh we switched the build system about 500 developers to new build system it's it's technology that has a when we go 
to the Fortune 500, they build systems of 10, 15 years old, the builds that they're having, right? And they're very reluctant to migrate, right? So, so you, you were, you had to, uh, initially we had to early adopters, right? And then we got uh, success in the open source community. Hibernate was migrating, Spring was migrating. So, uh, and then, and that gave them enough credibility that the first large enterprises started migrating, right? And so, so Cradle became, uh, uh, then successful. There was, there was a Java space, then Android came. So, and, and yeah, things moved on from there. Now we have, I don't know, 10 million downloads per month, right? And then very, very healthy, vibrant community in Java as well as in Android, right? So, uh, that's, uh, that's an amazing story. Yeah. yeah. So, Ruth, Artem, engineer from client tooling team at Lyft, who's pre- helped me to prepare this episode, he told me you had uh, some special story how Android made the Gradle. Uh, I, I think Hans uh, has the, the the better story um, w- 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 with that, right? Because I joined. I mean, I know the story, yeah. Yeah, I, I joined uh, right after. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, so what was it, Hans? What what happened? How did you? Uh, what did you tell Adam? <laughs> what did I tell Adam? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, it was. Uh, uh, it, it, that, that is that is not. I mean, it's, it's a super nice story, but it's not like nothing, nothing, nothing magic, right? I, definitely, the Android uh, Studio team was not. Happy with the uh, with the uh, situation in terms of building Android applications from Android Studio uh, from the IDE. At this time, it was still Eclipse, right? Yeah, uh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so they had so one problem they had. I don't know how, how much. Well, we cut it. When I'm getting boring and too detailed, we can cut it out. But so so one thing they wanted to solve was so, so a couple of things they wanted to solve. Right. One was they wanted to have one build system. They didn't want to have an IDE build system and a command line CI build system. So uh, so they wanted to have a build system that can deeply integrate into the IDE so that the de- IDE can delegate all the build actions uh, uh, to the build system and and you don't have that or you know when you run from the IDE you have all this logic in the in the plugin and otherwise you have it in the build tool, right? So uh, and, and with Eclipse, there was ex- you know Eclipse. You couldn't even replace the com- built-in Eclipse compiler. It was extremely limiting. So they made that. They started that. Uh, 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 I think you know amazing and definitely very ambitious project to to create a completely new IDE, right? Uh, uh, on top of IntelliJ, uh, and then use use Gradle as the unified build system for IDE command line CI. So. Uh, uh, well, but that was of course not how it started. So, but that, that that was kind of what they were looking for, right? And they were also looking for uh, something that can express the complexity of building Android applications. So the whole idea of build types and and, and, and flavors and, and dimensions, right? And and being able to to model that complexity uh, together with dependency management, right? Uh, uh, yeah, and Cradle basically, we we uh, uh, I think uh, uh, what happened is that one person I know he recommended to the Google Android team to look at Cradle. Then then the Google Android team reached out to us. We had the first meetings, right? And then we started to do prototyping together, right? And uh, prototyping went uh, uh, very well. Adam Murdoch, right, the co-founder of Cradle, he was very involved in that. So we had the first meetings. Yeah, and then when was it? Almost forgot. when was it released? 2013. 2013, right? At, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, when we're talking about Android development, there's three companies comes to my mind Google as an Android mm. primary contributor, Gradle as a build tool system, yes. and uh, JetBrains as a supporting as the IDE, yeah. and the Kotlin. So exactly. Kotlin. Kotlin is becoming like primary language, yes. and Google. Yes pushing us more yes. and more to write Kotlin. And now I see there's an announcement on Android Dev Summit that KTS scripts are better supported in Android Studio. Yep. So I'm curious, yep. how do you feel about the Kotlin yep. for Gradle configuration? Okay, so so a couple of things, right? For me, is it just, it's a, uh, all the pieces, they come now so nicely together, right? Uh, uh, especially with us embracing Kotlin as our DSL and Kotlin being the primary language now for Android and, and IntelliJ providing amazing tooling around that. So the nice thing is, right, uh, you have, I think, three very strong partners who are now very aligned on making this a success. Sometimes it's, it can be a problem in partnerships that the priorities are different, right? And here I think we all, we're all very aligned and we're all working closely together, 
right, to, to make that work, right? And, and Kotlin introduced kind of new challenges, right, uh, in terms of uh, for the tool chain, right? But we, we, we're working on that, and that primarily it, it, it offers amazing opportunities. And one of that opportunity was uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, use, uh, uh, to, to offer as, an, uh, as another primary DSL language for Gradle to use Kotlin. Right, so where are we with that? Um, uh, so um, <clears throat> the thing is, uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise, there were some performance issues, right? Uh, in the way that it works, right? We when you when you when you when you when you when you edit a build.gradle.kts script, right? Every couple of seconds, right? We uh, you, you might add a plugin, right, to that script. So, and if that is the case, you, the plugin might add DSL elements, right? So we have to continuously query by basically Gradle, hey, uh, uh, something has changed here. Now, what is the new model? Are there additional uh, uh, content assist things we have to offer? Uh, 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 is the code still valid, right? Things like that. So, and that querying, uh, we had, uh, uh, we worked with IntelliJ on that. There, there were some, uh, there were some serious performance issues when you, uh, had multiple tabs open, right? There were basically then 30 queries at the same time regularly, right? So, so that is now fixed in the latest release uh, of uh, uh, IntelliJ, right? And I'm not exactly sure how that moves over to Android Studio, but yeah. uh, I, I think with the version where this will be definitely in the version where uh, 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 once Android. Uh, uh, 4.0 exactly year, yeah. right so so that that has that, that was you know it was a, that is a drastic improvement so we, we now still have the situation I would say when you let's say when you had lift right with your seven fifteen hundred sub modules right you might you would probably still run into slowness when it comes to that right uh, uh, while you're authoring Gradle scripts because the, because the configuration time the query will take a uh, uh, a long time to answer, right? And that is, uh, uh, and we will talk about some of the other configuration time issues, yeah. right? There's a primary effort, right, that we are working on uh, at Gradle uh, in close collaboration uh, with, with the with the uh, 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 with the Google Android team. We call it instant execution, right? So how basically can we? Uh, it's about caching the whole configuration model and then basically. Uh, uh, Getting configuration time time down to to the average configuration time to negligible uh, amount, and that then at the same time will help to scale Gradle Kotlin DSL even to very very large Android projects. But to be clear, the primary uh, it's unusual that Android teams have 1,500 sub modules, right? Exactly. Yeah. So so for let's say for your projects with 10, 20, 30, 40 sub-modules, absolutely go for it. It's beautiful, you have content assist, you have quick assist. It's what I always wanted to have, right, for Gradle. It's, it's a completely different experience to have a full IDE experience around that. And uh, so with Android Studio 4.0, this is ready, I would say, for most Android teams to use, except for the ones that, that have very, very large builds that we have more work to do to make that scale. So you are happy that there is a kind of transition from Groovy to Kotlin. Yeah, I mean that's what we did. It. No one, no one told us to did it, right? That was there's another uh, 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 cool story, right? So, uh, 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 well, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, um, so, so we had a booth at Java One, 2000 and ah, uh, and names, the years kind of getting blurry. Uh, uh, when did we? Probably 2016, something like that, right? And and IntelliJ, we always had a good relationship. We were our booth neighbor, and that was when Kotlin was getting, you know, <clears throat> when it was still pretty not not that much known, right? And that much that much used. Uh, so it was 2015 or 2016. I think it was 2016. Anyhow, uh, so I said, hey, uh, I heard about Kotlin. Uh, can you give me can you give me a demo, right? Oh, wow. So and I had not much. To be honest, at this point, much idea about Kotlin, uh -huh. and 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 of course, my focus was oh, so what about oh, this is really this this is a DSL language. Oh, you can do this with this, you can do that with that, and I got so excited. I said, wow, uh -huh. right, this is what I was always looking for, and we will never be able to provide such experience in terms of D 
deep IDE integration, right? And also uh, uh, the performance aspects, right? Having a statically typed language as the DSL, right? You get rid of one dimension that can induce performance problems, introduce performance problems. So, so uh, yeah, so after, after the uh, after Java one, we met actually in this building uh, in the same week in San Francisco to dive deeper into that, and we made a commitment, right, uh, Jeff Prince and us, that we really dive deep into this. This was not driven from from Android or from Google. It was just you know basically, I got super excited about it, and they got super excited about the idea that that Gradle can then drive that aspect of Kotlin and the adoption, and then a great partnership. Uh, uh, came into existence and we worked very hard. There was a lot of stuff to figure out, right? Both sides to 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 bring this uh, to fruition, and I'm I'm super excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy when people when people uh, use that. <laughs> it was a major engineering effort on our side. That's cool. Yeah. So talking more about the Android Studio idea or and the <laughs> Gradle relations. Uh, there's a what is the faster to use Gradle from terminal or from uh, IDE? Yeah. So uh, uh, so from IDE, right? But to to qualify that, it, it, it's it's a startup overhead that is lower from the IDE than it is from uh, the command line. From the command line, you know, we have to create a daemon running, and when you uh, start a Gradle build from from the command line. Uh, we fire up a client, that client looks for the daemon and then triggers the build to the daemon. So, and this startup time of the client, uh, the way, well, with, with, uh, is, is, uh, can be 500 milliseconds, right? And that 500 milliseconds you save when you run Gradle yeah. from a warm, via a tooling API, uh-huh. from a warmed up JVM that already is alive, yeah. right? So that's, Am I right that if that the integration is like not just running some scripts of the yes, Gradle no. tooling, it's more tightly integrated Perhaps, to yes. the IDE? Yes. So, so, uh, so I mean, what we have is exactly right. We have something we call a tooling API. So we offer you, uh, uh, we offer you an API to for, for for any kind of for for people that write CI products or that write IDEs, they can use our tooling API to to run Cradle builds, to query Cradle builds, and things like that, right? And that has one advantage, that is, this tooling API is, uh, 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 well, it's back and forwards compatible, right? So, so, so we will make sure when we release a new version of Cradle that we don't break the, the tooling API. So tooling APIs of older versions of Cradle can run builds with newer versions of Cradle. Mm-hmm. So for the IDE vendors, we give them an abstraction to keep things uh, stable and reliable, right? And, and make it also easier when you, when you not just want to run the build, but when you also want to query the build, that we offer you an API to ask questions, hey, what are, what are the dependencies and things like that. Right, so that that's the idea. It's a, I think it's a it's a cool, uh, 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 it's, a, it's a good it's a good thing that we that we created that. Yeah, I got it. That's really yeah. Good answer. Yeah, making things clear. So let's go dif- deeper to the process that we're mm-hmm. using. So the first thing that Gradle is doing for us is uh, loading some third party. Not the first thing, but one yep. of the things yep. is loading third party dependencies. And there was some issues some day. I remember like a year mm-hmm. ago when yep. there was some fake dependencies loaded yep. from different sources. How people yep. should be avoid of this situation? How they should be careful with what repositories are they using to fetch dependencies? Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, the thing is, if someone breaks into JCenter or Maven Central, right, and, and changes whatever, uh, uh, introduces a rogue Guava dependency with the, and with the right checksum that represents that rogue dependency, uh-huh. nothing we can do, right, there's not much we can do, yeah. right? So uh, 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 that's where, that, that's, that's another part of the ecosystem that needs to be protected, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, what things that we offer, right, is uh, to be more selective about where you download your dependencies from is repository filters, right? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a good thing that we introduced. That's a new feature, right? It's, it's pretty new. Exactly, right. And, and, bec- and that was, and the security concerns were driving that, that you can mm-hmm. say, okay, uh, there might be some uh, exotic dependency you need from that particular repository, but you don't want to open yourself up to everything that is in that repository, so you can say, uh, uh, in that repository, only look for those those, those patterns, mm-hmm. right? Uh, those those uh, and, and and nothing else. Yes. So, so otherwise, uh, it's a uh, we did other things, right? With the Gradle wrapper, it's a, it's, well, it's, a, it's a separate topic, right? But uh, uh, people got concerned. Hey, uh, uh, 
the, the wrapper jar is inversion control, right? So when I now uh, to check out a project, there is some binary, and uh, I have to trust that it's the real Gradle wrapper jar, not not something else, right? So, so, uh, um, so we 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 added some validation with, that you can make sure now this is this is this is this is, a, this is an official Gradle wrapper jar. I mean, when I, yeah, we have to be the whole eco, the whole tooling ecosystem. I think is getting more and more aware about. You know that 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 this is uh, they're interesting attack vectors, right? I remember a couple of years ago, the fifth most popular Eclipse plugin was spyware, and and people were just installing yeah. it like nothing. So it's a uh, it's something um, we we have uh, we we working for example uh, uh, yeah we 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 working now with, with GitHub on the new uh, uh, the new the new package work they're doing. We we working with Sneak, right? So to kind of Get, get make it more convenient right mm -hmm. to get to get uh, uh, to get to build up security quality gates right but it's a uh, many many dimensions yeah. right yeah I got it yeah yeah uh, I think that's answering the question and the second thing I want to discuss that like no the second the main yeah. thing that we <laughs> want to discuss because oh. when people start thinking about yes. the rattle the same the first thing that comes to their mind is like build speed like, yes. Oh, this yes. Gradle thing because Gradle is all about the build. Yes. <laughs> so, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> how we measure in our real life is just how faster it's building yes. or how it's slower. Yes. So let's talk about multi-module projects. It was yes. it become a trend like a couple years ago. Before that, everyone was happy with a single module architecture, yes. and after yes. that, they were split into domain logic and. Uh, some uh, yep. UI logic, just couple modules, yep. and after that, people start thinking, "Hmm, what if I split two more amounts of modules? Will yes. it increase the build speed or not?" And there was, yes. and now yes. there is a two rumors or uh, view points of view. One hmm. saying you don't have to split too many modules because incremental compilation of Kotlin or yes. Java is way much better than multi-module setup and support by build oh. system. And another myth or point of view saying. You have to split as much as you could, and yes. it will increase your build speed at huh. all. Okay, they're very interesting. So I, but it's 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 a good point you're making. I was because, uh, yeah, they, they, they're rumors and builds are complex. So I was I was uh, 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 I was surprised when let's say we're going to Droidcon and conferences like that, right? And then we heard from quite a few people when I asked big Android projects, how many modules do you have? Three. Three? You have 100 developers. You have three modules. Yeah, uh, we we thought that that Cradle is slower when we add more modules, right? And I was like, oh, well, yeah, when you add 1,000, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, we have to talk about that. But but uh, uh, three, right? So it's great. There was this idea, right? So so we strongly encourage, right, to uh, modularize more, but right, not. Overdo it, so it's so it's an interesting. Couldn't I have a long discussion, right? So it's an architectural discussion. What should be the what what determines the boundary around the module, right? Build speed is one thing, but there's also uh, 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 from a domain modeling point of view, right? Uh, 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 you should have you should have boundaries. You don't want to overload the developers necessarily with a too fine grained dependency graph, right? So there, I would say there are uh, uh, there are various factors, right? Uh, so I would not. Uh, I, I would not. Let's say the combination of incremental compile and build caching, right, uh, allows you to get good build speed. I would say for for the for the vast majority of Android projects, good build speed without going without modularizing more than you would do otherwise to model the domain properly and have. Reduced API surface, right, and, and not too many couplings. You, you you know what I mean, right? So so what that means, uh, I cannot give. I mean, let's say, uh, uh, I would say a uh, hundred people development team, right, that that has a uh, I don't know, uh, uh, five hundred thousand lines of code, right? Then then I would expect that I see something like uh, 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 fifty or hundred modules, right, and 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 your build will be fast with that right and and so the, the thing from a performance point of view right yes from the incrementality okay we, we, we can go into details here right yeah. Uh, uh, yeah 
So, so when you think, let's say, you know, some of our big performance tests, we have some single module build that have, uh, uh, I don't know, 50,000 source files in one modules and a couple of million lines of code, mm -hmm. right? So, so uh, at the moment, of course, one price you're paying is when you just rely on incremental compile, right? Whenever you change something here, we need to build a checksum and see what has changed, yeah. right? So you pay, when you have a very, very large module, there is some not insignificant overhead for us at the moment to, to see what has changed, right? And that price you will pay whenever before the, and then we can do the incremental compile, right? So, uh, so that is one overhead, right? You pay when you have very, very large modules. At the same time, we're working on reducing that, right? We're working on, 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 on integrating file system listeners with Gradle so that we, that we basically know what has changed and do not need to hold the whole thing. So that will solve that. So in that respect, let's say we would, we, we fix that problem in the next six months. Then you, then the incremental compile will be, will be, will work for you. But, uh, what about, what about the CI builds, right? What about when you, when you pull in the morning or when you switch between branches and things like that, right? Then uh, uh, there will be still many scenarios where you have to, where you have to uh, uh, compile a lot and where incremental compile will not help you. So, and that is then where the build cache comes into play, right? But the build cache is not effective when you only have one module, right? As you know, right? So, uh, uh, because uh, uh, any kind of change to that module changes the cache key and you will not find something in the cache. But if you have the same the, the, the same code distributed over 10, 20, 30 modules, right? You, you change module 30, let's say it's a leaf module, right? Module 1 to 29 hasn't changed. So even when you do a clean build on CI, you get everything from module 1 to 29 from the cache, including the test results, and your build will be much faster, right? So. Uh, so at the end of the day, right, you have to uh, you have to do your own measurements for your own projects, right? But I think uh, 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 I would not. So let me ask a different question. So you are you're seventeen hundred modules, right? It's about one thousand now. Your information is out there. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. We we grow in okay. so big fast speed. Yeah. Yes. I so mean, Artem posted seventeen hundred in, well, in his tweet. When? Artem's tweet said 1700. Seventeen hundred. Recent? Yes. Oh, yeah. Then maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yes. Okay, but anyhow, how do you feel about it? How is that for the developers, right, to deal with the dependencies between all those modules? There's a lot of manual work they have to do. Yeah. To keep, is that is that something you would you would consider as a kind of price that you pay an inconvenience or yeah, is not? This is not actually the price, it's actually reason to split to so many modules. When we split it in that amount of modules, make we developers can control what exactly in the visibility of those yes. modules. And it's we just include the dependencies that we yep. want to include. Yes. What we want to make visible from that side of the yes. code space. Okay, so so but what you're saying is this is still domain modeling. You're not creating so many modules because to make the build faster, to optimize for the build system. You're creating so many modules because that is how you want to model the domain and your API. This is the second reason. There's like you know a, what I mean? From my point of view, there's a, for us, it's two mm. reasons yep. to have so many modules. The first reason is to the improve the visibility yes. of the uh, parts of the yes. code and uh, prevent what to mix all the code in a single module when it's hard to yes. oh, yeah. figure out. Yes. How it's working? Yes, uh, and then refactor it. On the second side, uh, the build cache is yep. the second thing. And because we at the scale of seventy plus developers, yes. so yes. we and compiling all the time. Yep. So we want to fetch from the network yes. most of yes. the remote cache as soon. As so possible. my question is, if let's say if build speed were not an issue, if build speed would always whatever you do, it's hundred milliseconds, right? How many modules would you have? I think if we can solve in another way the visibility checks yes. with the yeah. proper imports or uh, yeah. modifiers of the code, then we don't want to split code at all. Yeah, I don't see any right. for us. Yeah. Maybe, so, I, I, yes. I maybe Artem yeah. has another opinion, yeah, 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 yeah. but that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, okay. So, but, so in any case, I think, I think uh, uh, find, find a boundary that works for you. It should be primarily driven, I think, from by 
I think by architecture and API and team surface size. and team sizes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and usually such a modularization also is is then good enough to give you a really good build times. If it's driven, I would say if it's driven from the architectural constraint and from your from your from your API, that usually leads to a a modularization that is then that is then then also should give you sufficient build time results. Yeah. At large scale. It's a different discussion, right? But, yeah, but, but for, for most Android teams, absolutely. Yeah, but let's go over. So we, yes. we already touched the lift and the art. Yes. So Artem did the research, and we include the link to the episode for our listeners. Yes. This is like post. It's yes. About half year ago, about yes. fundamental design issues yes. of rail builds. Yes. System. And that was highly discussed in Twitter. Yep. But anyway, it's it's a year already. Yep. Uh, after the post, but it was to go over some uh, points of the. Uh, yep. Of this. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, and and it's like, and you know, we know Adam for Adam for for uh, 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 quite a while, right? We always, uh, yeah, great engineer, appreciate his feedback, right? But. Uh, of course, I mean, yeah, most in it, uh, uh, and we went to Lyft, right? That's how we met yeah. Artem. Yeah. We went to we went to Lyft. This is uh, maybe two thousand fifteen, something like that. Maybe maybe two thousand sixteen, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, we have all these uh, build time challenges. What should we do?" And and that's when we first met Artem and team. And yeah. So 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 two things, right? There's two biggest or two number one items where configuration is not cached, and. Uh, ABI, how they uh, and configuration is serial, yeah, right. So yeah. that is something, yeah, absolutely. We we know that, right? And I think uh, for for to to make Cradle to give to provide a good developer experience for the larger Android teams, that's absolutely what we have to do. We're working actively on that, you know. And we have, to, if you Google for instant execution, right? We so we're doing the first. Uh, 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 Test with partners who have very, very, you know, 1500 submodule Java build, some of the large Android teams. So, so where we, where we now uh, trying this out, right? And uh, the results are very promising. So, so uh, we are working on making configuration cacheable and will completely change the, the whole experience, it's right? For large Android. And it's, and that is a key thing, right? At one point, right? It's, the team, it's not just that the module number is growing because people yeah. make them smaller, they're growing because the code base is growing, right? Yeah, Headcount is growing, yeah. right? And for Android, like crazy, right? You know, more and more organizations are mobile first, right? When yeah. you look at the teams, what, what is the growth of Lyft Android team of the last last year? Would, would you know? It's like half, half, oh. like two yeah. times bigger yeah. than so, a year ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the growth yes. is high and demand of the development and more features. There is not that many. It's it, to be honest. It's not that many that scale applications in the world. But yes. anyway, yes, devices becoming more like everyday usable, and the applications becoming more complex, and uh, that's why there's such a huge number of modules and uh, such huge amount of lines of code coming to mobile. Because before that, there was no Photoshop size applications yes. or something like that. Yes. But now, yes. Applications yes. becoming more complex, and that's why this kind of trend of multimodularization yes. happened yes. in the last four yep. years. Yeah, and and the thing is, uh, which makes sense for Android, right? When you look at when you look at the the larger Java teams, for good or bad, they're all going to multi-repo, extreme multi-repo, right? So yeah. they, for them, mono-repo is kind of the same as monolith, which is of course yeah. not not correct, but they, you know that that's the perception, right? And and they're going, they 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 basically. We now we now meet regularly teams, hundred developers, five hundred repositories, right? Something like that. So so uh, uh, and without going into the details of the yeah. of, of let's say mono repo, large repo versus many uh-huh. small repos, right? But that's how they do microservices. For them, microservice per per repo, something like that, right? Yeah. So in Android, it is natural, I think, that you say, hey, we have an Android app, it should be one repository, right? It's kind of an interesting question, should you do the same when you have five different Android apps, right? Yeah. Then it gets kind of a little bit more interesting, but anyhow, uh, uh, because the releasable unit for those Android, for Android, is, is, is the app, right? It, it is natural that everything is in one repo, and uh, at least naively think, right? And then, then you, you, have, you have a large build, right, as the team grows. Yeah, 
That's true. But if this is yep. now, but the Google pushing, not pushing, but uh, providing more abilities for us to write uh, feature, uh, like latest delivery of the features right. when the user achieves some points of the app and only after that we sideload yes. second yes. part of that. It's not a super multi-module. No, but, you, but you're right. Multi-service. Yes. But anyway, yes. it's going that direction yes. when the app yes. is so big and we yes. have to download part of the app. Yes, that's a good. So yeah, good point. Good it's point. It's not thousand of modules. No, no, still. At least five modules. You yes. have to. Yes. Yes. Have. Yeah. So so and then and that was like Android is a complex domain to build for, right? Because yeah. the because not because it's artificially it's just the complexity of the of the of what you need to model and what are the requirements. So so going to to Adam's other uh, so so that is something we're working on, right? Uh, now I need to remember build against API. We we compile against the API, right? So that, that's be, what be, yeah. before that before we start discussion, yeah. let's talk about what is the API yes. exactly because not many not every yeah. listener is aware yeah. of the difference. What is the API itself? So API is a part of the like public interface of your module. That everything that other modules are touching, and when you change something internal that is not part of the public interface, then there's no reason to recompile those third-party dependencies again, because yes. nothing changed for them. The public interface of the module is the same. The only internal interface changed, yes. so there's no reason for us to recompile. And this is what is API, public yes. representation of this module. So, and I'm sure, because Adam knows Cradle well, we we, we, uh, we only run against the ABI, right? When we, we have, comp we call it compile avoidance. So if you if you have a module A that depends on a module B, right, and you uh, you only change an implementation detail, let's say uh, you change you add a, a, a logging statement to yeah. to your method body, Cradle uh, understands that the ABI doesn't have changed, right? So uh, so we will not recompile module A because of that change in B. Right. Hmm. Uh, the same is true for the caching. Right. We we understand that usually the compile class path, not usually mm -hmm. the com the compile class path is part of the cache key. Yeah. But we normalize that cache key to only use the ABI hmm. of the JAWS, Right. And 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 not the implementation. So when when uh, again you will have a cache hit. Right. Uh, that that gives you the compile classes of module A, even if you have done an, uh, uh, an ABI compatible change in module B. So maybe he meant something. No, yeah, he meant exactly but, that. Yeah, one. no, that's maybe it was because when I yes. played with my previous company with yes. the multi-module setup, yes. it was not the case. In 2018, yep. it was not the case. There was no ABI extraction. At least from my experience, when I changed something in module B yeah, internally. But but then, uh, and did we at, at one point it, it was in, always enabled by default when we shipped it. So that's kind of uh, yeah. I think we shipped that 2008. Yeah, 2018 we shipped that. So my and then maybe yeah. So anyhow, that is that is now that is that is a feature we have we have right. uh, in in, in right. Gradle right. And and the other thing that we have in Gradle that that's interesting right. When you think about it, it's also part of the uh, uh, whole. Uh, surface discussion of your API. So uh, we introduced. Uh, uh, so so in the old days, you said I have a compile dependency, right? So module, you, module let's say module B says, hey, I depend on uh, uh, C, D, and E for compilation. So now module A has a dependency on module B, and and because we were not sure. Which of the CDE is also part of the public API of B? Yeah. So we basically added to the because A expressed independence on B, we added also C, D, and E to the compile class pass of A. Mm. This is not just this is uh, this has many this is, this is not this is just not nice modeling and it, uh, uh, it it makes debugging harder. It makes the cache less effective because now when you change E, let's say you do you do an ABI incompatible change to E. Yeah. A no longer gets a cache, in, yeah, right, and things like that. Yeah. So, so we introduced to 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 model that better the concept of an implementation dependency and an API dependence, uh, an API dependency. Mm -hmm. So B can now say, you know what, D and E are implementation yeah. dependencies. So when A now depends on B, C and uh, D and E is not a class path, but it can say C is an API dependency because let's say 
uh, C has a class that B extends. Yeah. 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 You get the idea, right? We're so, using that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to yeah, make. So, yeah. but that's another part of that. That's true. Of, that's of that. How, of that. How you play with that configuration. Yes. And and reduce basically reduce the. What you want to do is uh, you want to you want to isolate the changes from from triggering invalidating. Yeah. Cache. Hits, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, that, and that's when you have a smaller process. compile yeah. class pass. You you have that. Yeah. So talking about cache a little bit more. So so, but just to, just to wait, when that those are the fundamental design issues, right? It looks like solved. Uh, so yeah. or in progress, right? Or, or at least in yes. progress. In yes. progress. So that, that is a great yes. news. Yeah, this is amazing. So talk about the remote build cache for us. We're using the bug build system because it's the, yes. was the the yep. only available system that we can integrate instead of Gradle. Yep. And we're using primary for build cache. Uh, remote build cache. Yes, because yes. we're able to use that feature. What about yep. Gradle? Is it possible now to use a remote build when it's part of the modules that not changed is yeah. just fetched for every team de developer and a team from some server? Yeah, absolutely. You talk about remote build cache, yes. right? Yes. Absolutely, right? That's amazing. And yeah, yeah and we highly. Uh, we highly recommend that. And what we're doing, right? Uh, uh, I mean, we want to support, also provide that for other uh, build systems. But we also provide you a lot of analytics, right? Because caching yeah. isn't isn't it yeah. is a complex thing in, in in teams that you know, even with seventy people, you it's, yeah. it's complicated. When you have five hundred people working from all areas of the world, yeah. right? How do you make sure that uh, uh, that it's th that the quality of yeah, service yeah. is good? Yeah. That you can see, right? Uh, uh, and, and sometimes it's unclear. You have an archive. Let's say it's 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 500 megabytes. Now someone is working from a cafe. Yeah. Is it yeah. worth now using a cache, or is it now faster to build it yourself? Some stuff like that. So, so you want to have good analytics around that. But yeah, caching is for me is is uh, uh, is, is is absolutely. Uh, is it part of essential. the Gradle Enterprise? Is it only for paid subscribers, right? Uh, no. So similar with Buck, right? So so Gradle open source. Come if you think about it, right? It, it uh, uh, Buck will probably be the same. Cradle Open Source offers two things, right? So one is uh, uh, a local build cache, uh -huh. right? So that even when you do when you switch between branches and, yeah, and yeah. things like that, right? You have a build cache, and even if you do a clean build, right? You have a local build cache that comes with Cradle, and then it offers a cache client that basically, which is asking a build cache, hey, do you have something for this key? And and what Gradle Enterprise provides is is a remote backend that is compatible with the with Gradle Cache Client, and it's multi-node, offers replication, offers the whole uh, cache analytics, right? That is the commercial feature. But otherwise, it's 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 in that respect, it's similar, right? For Buck, you probably created your own backend yeah. with probably not that much analytics around it, and so so that is basically what Gradle Enterprise would yeah. provide you, right? Uh, so the next question is we talk mm -hmm. about the remote and improving the. Like, Allocated yes. remote things, yes. remote build execution. Yes. When we wanna yes. when we sitting with the MacBook Air in a cafe, <laughs> as you say, yes. without charger, yes. and wanna build yes. such a big application with yes. thousands of modules yes. or like yes. millions no. of lines of code, yep. and we wanna yes. move it to the server. Yes, yes, absolutely right. So, so two things, right? Uh, so, so or, or three things. The way the way we see this, right? So, so one thing we really, really wanna add. Uh, s rather sooner than later is is uh, remote build execution, which is not distributed build execution, right? Just uh, uh, just just simple way that you can transparently run a build on another machine, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, but that will only be that, that that what I mean with that is on one other machine, mm -hmm. right? So then we come to the very interesting topic. Well. Uh, why not on many machines? Yeah, right. A single build. Hmm. So the way. Uh, so first of all, I think uh, for many people, just being able to execute remotely. And I know. I, I remember at least that Adam created something like that while when Lyft was still using Gradle. It's a mainframe. For, for the yes. Yeah, and, and we want to make that a built-in capability. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for Gradle, and actually we will also do it by Gradle Enterprise for Maven builds, right? Which we also support. Just just to let you know, but for Android, not interesting, right? So. Uh, and and then it becomes so now now we talk about uh, uh, build distribution. So what we are working on, but that that is uh, uh, we will work on that as a commercial feature, right? Is is very fine-grained distributed execution of tests because that's where we see 
is the biggest bottleneck. Definitely in the Java world, right? But also in Android world, it's it's a big piece yeah, of the more and more yes. unit tests is fast enough. Yes. But the, when we come to the stage the UI tests and the, when we yes. have to compile all whole application. Yes. yes. And even the unit test, right? If you think about it for CI builds, right? As your application is growing, That's at one true. point you have maybe fifty thousand, right? And then so 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 we uh, um, so that is something, right? But but then it's interesting. In contrast to the cache, right, where the and to a generic, let's say, uh, distributed builds where the unit of distribution will be the test, right? The way we will do it, we do it for tests, will be you can distribute per, per test class or even per test method, right? And then very, let's say, specialized agent for that purpose with that, that where 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 everything is warmed up, so where you don't pay high overhead, right, for executing something. So you can do it very fine-grained, right? That is for us, that is, so remote execution, then distributed text execution, and then the next thing will be generic distributed execution, wow. right? So I don't, that, the, the so the letter, we cannot, I mean, you know, talk is cheap, right? Yeah. Uh, they, 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 I would say, uh, uh, um, so the generic distributed execution is an interesting topic because you have to you have to have smart scheduling, right? It's it's the same with the cache. If you do it, if you not do it in the wrong way, you can in introduce inefficiencies that way, right? So that's one aspect. The other aspect, right, uh, 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 is uh, that I think uh, uh, to do this really fine grain, right, having a very fast Gradle configuration time will be great. Right, because you run the same build, let's say on mm -hmm. 100 machines. Let's say at Lyft, what was your Gradle configuration time? Probably 30 seconds or something like that. And then you would have to uh, wait 100 times, times yeah. 30 seconds. So then you say, maybe run it only on five machines, right? So, but if we get this down, and the whole the idea of remote conf cache configuration is you can also share the configuration via the cache, hmm. right? So, so yeah. CI builds can now build a configuration model, right, and can share it across. Developer machines and, and so so that will be let's say uh, 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 the work we're doing in that area right will then also be an enabler to do this more efficient. But yeah. first, remote execution and distributed test execution, and then that I think will 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 help a lot. Right? Wow. Yeah. So let's go back from sweet dreams of our yes. future. Yep. This yes. is amazing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My engineer, I'm gonna get phone calls. What did you promise? No, but it, it, we're serious about that. Right? We're serious. Um, about that. So yeah. APT and KPT annotation processors it's yes. become kind of popular again three, four years ago. I think yes. this is one of the reasons why we started in Android and many engineers doing this multi-module setups because yes. of APT to separate yes. annotation processors such as yes. Tiger or data yes. binding or yes. others to one modules and keep others untouched because APT itself yes. is taking time and yes. it was not yes. cacheable. Yes. Yes. So from so here here's from what I understand and that's where I I should have asked uh, uh, my so I, I so it is it's I think this is now uh, uh, it's definitely cacheable yeah. right uh, uh, and I think it's also is it already uh, is it already inc and I think it is also incremental now yeah I want to say anything yeah so so that has definitely uh, uh, improved the situation right uh -huh. so I would say there is still half I am. There are still some inefficiencies, particularly with with uh, 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 KPT, but uh, I don't know the details. I know there's definitely work in progress on improving with things. With Jeff Brains and yes, and 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 the Google team, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so that is. Uh, but I'm at the moment I'm out of my depth to be honest uh, that's to talk fun, yeah. about those uh, yeah. what exactly that is. Uh, uh, and I know for a while they were not incremental. So Java annotation processors were incremental, but KBT not. So I'm not exactly sure where we uh, 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 where we are, where we are with that. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe we, we uh, before this is published, I, I give you an answer and we can maybe just uh, somehow yeah. uh, 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 get it. In the, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. So incremental builds. So we already discussed the thing, like the API extraction and all the things. Yes. So another thing is the syntax itself. The difference between okay. Gradle. Yeah. Yeah. So on. just just for 
terminology-wise, especially when people compare us with, uh, uh, let's say, with other build systems. So, so of course, it's 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 pure. However, do you define it? For us, an incremental, an incremental build, right, mm -hmm. is uh, uh, is something. The increment is when you when you don't rebuild everything within one module, mm -hmm. right? So incremental compile, right? That is something. Let's say a bug. Uh, doesn't have that concept, they just assume very small modules because they also want to distribute them on many machines, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and, then, uh, uh, and then when we talk about uh, uh, not doing work, it, 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 avoiding work, uh, uh, trigger effects and like this, we call this avoidance. So for example, the AVI star we call compile avoidance. So, so, uh, uh, so when we talk about incrementality, we really mean the incremental compile, the incremental annotation processing versus the incrementality, you have 30 modules, but you only need to build one module. Yeah. And I know other build systems also call that incremental build. Mm -hmm. But in Gradle, yeah, we mean incremental, incremental yeah. build within a module. Yeah. 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 So, so if we talk about yeah. different uh, build systems, the thing is that Gradle provides such a large syntax yes. for uh, configuration of the plugins and tasks. So yes. Uh, the yes. difference, be, for example, when we talk about Skylark or uh, how it's yes. called now, yes. uh, the configuration for the Bazel and Buck, the yes. difference is you, the syntax is limited and yes. you cannot write any I.O. blocking operations inside tasks, so it's way much easier to make tasks uh, cacheable because yep. they do produce any side effects. But yep. on the Gradle side, yep. it's way much harder to make cacheable tasks. That was like yep. the difference. Yep. So, so there is a, there is a, there is a. Let's say there is a conflict, right, between. So one of the design goals of Cradle, and I still think it's an important design goal, is to where, to allow you to have a high degree of automation. So we want to give you the tools that you can automate what needs to be automated, and don't restrict you too much, right? So for example, in the old days, Buck didn't have an extension model, right? They were just saying, hey, we have Facebook, we, we, we implement whatever our developers need, uh, that's our model and it works within a company, right? So of course, uh, there is now an extension model, but there's still flexibility, certain flexibility can, is, is, is very important and, uh, and it always depends, uh, uh, the trade-off depends, you know, do you have the largest Mono repo in the world? Right, or are you, let's say, small organization? Yeah. Right, so they, yeah. they can be. You can put different weights on on those different qualities. Yeah. Right, depending on how you're building software. So, having said that, right, we uh, uh, invest. Uh, so, first of all, the question is, right, how do you make sure that that uh, uh, let's say builds are reproducible? Yeah. Right. So, so, so one thing, right. Uh, uh, so if you make basically incremental change and you don't get the same result as on a clean build, right? Then you know some task is missing, something not not reproducible, right? And you need to figure out, right, what is going on there, right? So uh, and so we have good diagnostics tools for that. We have written blog posts on that, right? How you can you know you run two builds. Uh, 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 do they produce the same results? You run incremental versus clean builds. What is the difference? And we, we show you the difference in, in, in files, and so you can detect potentially uh, stale outputs and, and, and things like that. At the same time, right, we are uh, we we're getting more strict, right? So so when you start from a from a position of a, a lot of flexibility, right, and then you 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 discover from a domain-driven design perspective, ah, the context boundary is now is now imposing problems. It's not the right context boundaries for, you know, now that you have introduced, introduced the cache. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is now, this is now imposing problems, a certain type of flexibility. So we are now, we will make Cradle stricter, right? We have to do this step by step, right? We have to, uh, we cannot easily break the builds. So for example, things that probably will not be allowed, right? And will lead to failing builds will be things like overlapping outputs, right? Ta two tasks writing into the same directory. Yeah. Right. That is killing the cacheability. At the moment, you get a warning. We, we will we will move this to a point where we say there is a there is a the new default mode in Cradle at one point will be a strict mode where that, that will lead to build failures. And then you have to tell us no, I will accept it. Right. So we will we will reverse it. Uh, things getting more 
interesting, right? When it comes to uh, so, so, so what we're pretty good at is 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 detecting cash inefficiencies, right? So you you run the bill two times and you wonder why is this not cashed? I mean, provide you really good analytics around volatile inputs. Oh, someone put a timestamp in the in the test in the in the in the jar file and that always creates a new cache key for the runtime class part of the test task that why, we, why you always need to rerun something like a timestamp.txt file right things like that so but what you are referring to is is how can we detect uh, uh, when the task is doing something right that and using something that is not declared as an input right and that will be a, a, a more intrusive thing that is something we are evaluating and we are working on, right? So some form of sandboxing. Uh, so so we will we will we, we will so that so we will make it we will make it stricter uh, uh, and stricter uh, the default behavior so that caching will work more and more out of the box. Yeah. But to be also why why it was a special thing with Android once we introduced the cache, right? There was a lot of work that the Google Android team had to do to make all the task of the Grail Android plugin cacheable. So there was there was also this transition period where the cache effectiveness was not that good, right, out of the box. And now I think pretty much uh, it, it is very good. So so that is that is another area where, where Android had to wait a little bit until they had good cache effectiveness for all the out of the box tasks, right? Because yeah, they, they were yeah. input out, yeah. So that's that's the that's the, that's the story. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So, uh, for example, I'm an average Android developer. Like with, I mean, in the terms of the size of the application, like yep. I have millions of applications in Google Play. So, I, I, yes. I can't even assume how many Android developers exist in the world. Yes. <laughs> because the, what's the average config? Do you think is uh, good for now? Like for a build from maybe your analytic or your point of view or some understanding how things work? How much actually RAM should be allocated for Gravel? For okay. Medium size product. Yeah. Uh, well, so who was the company? Well, I, yeah, I know the company, but I, uh, let's say it was a private conversation. So I'm not sure if I, uh, 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 so I don't share any names. They told me that that for their large, large Android build, Dagger was consuming five gigabyte of memory. Oh wow! Right. So so it's not just all. <laughs> yes, it happens when you build, but that would be with any build system, right? That's fair. So yeah. so just just to so so it's a it's a complex ecosystem, right? So that so I think. For builds like Lyft and 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 even bigger, it's not the biggest one as you said, right? But but uh, uh, yeah, it's clear uh, the fastest possible system with the maximum amount of memory, right? Is yeah. good enough. So so for so for I I like couple screen application maybe with some. Like maybe data binding, yes, on or not. Like I used to work in the yes. middle average star size startups, yes. and it's it's yes. not that huge. But yeah. anyway, sometimes we can add by yes. adding more and more annotation yes. processors, we increased our build speed from like three to thirteen minutes for clean build, and we was so sad about that on the yes. average fifteen inch MacBook. Yes, yeah. So the question is so. Okay, I understood, right? So the question is, is that, uh, uh, is then, <laughs> for example, parallelization, right? What is the solution to that? Could you actually even use the, the four cores at, at the, the MacBook had at this time, right? Yeah. Or did you have only a small number of source modules that you couldn't, couldn't use the parallelization? So how much were you already using the resources of your MacBook in an in a, in a, in a, in a optimal way? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Right. Yeah, it depends. I think for... So, if we yeah. talk back to yeah. uh, mono-module, to yes. multi-module setup, yes. will multi-module setup help to allocate every core? Or e even when we build a yeah. single module, it no. be... Uh, no, actually not. When you have a single module, most stuff will be... Uh, 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 Just a single It core. will be single. Yeah. When, so when, when you build a jar, right, it then depends on some of the underlying... For example, the Java compiler is not multi-threaded. Yeah. Right. So, what can we do? Right. Exactly. I so mean, we could do that, but you know what I mean. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right. So, at the same time, here's an interesting thing: the parallelization probably will not, well, will pro might not 
So let's say you, you're going from, you're going now for your 10 people team to 40 modules, right? Or 30 modules, right? Maybe that is enough to have 100% utilization of your core, but let's say 95%, yeah. right? And then going to 400 modules might give you that's only 96, yeah. right? So, so that's the stuff you can. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yes. There should be a balance between right. the size of the modules and yes. how. Yes. And then be smart, right? Then, then, uh, uh, then look at, uh, then, then look at the the, the the timeline, and then you might see, oh, one minute of the five minute is the core module, which has 90% of the code, right? And so then you have to do some uh, uh, refactoring, right? So I, I mean, I would say. So from what I understand, right, when you look around the world and not just here in the Bay Area, right, there's still many people on Windows notebooks, right, that have a, a, a slow file system. And one thing we could observe is this, uh, 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 what was the name of this Intel, the processor bug. Oh, yeah, I got it. That was uh, two years ago. Yes. And, and the fix yeah. man, made the build significantly slow. Slow. Right. Yeah. So, 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 but... I, I would say, I mean, I would say try to get a, a Linux or Mac machine with a with a faster file system. That will definitely help, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. uh, I mean, as you know, yeah. right? There's a lot of I/O happening, and then I think uh, more RAM or more cores. I would say, again, it depends. If you have a large builds, more RAM. Otherwise, your 16 yeah. gigabyte or now 32 or uh, is 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 uh, will be enough. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. And there's no re and still laptop is fine. You don't have to buy such a huge desktop no. or No. No. And you don't mind in Bitcoin, right? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think for normal that that should be a And then of course, right? Uh, uh and then it depends how many tests do you have to run, right? And things like That's that, fair, right? Yeah. So and then you have to think and and that is what we want to basically provide the infrastructure, right? Cradle Enterprise and Cradle or other build systems you're using that you can say, okay, now I have a load, it makes sense to to where to send this in an elastic way, elastic way to uh, uh, to the cloud, internal or or external, right? For test execution, for remote execution, right? But uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also some things that's happening for Android developers like incremental builds in terms of the uh, how the instant run or what is the new name yes. in Android. It's also helping for middle-sized projects without mutation processors to yes. run and absolutely for interactive yes process. absolutely that is I think that is our I would say our biggest goal is right when you ask me about performance it has many dimensions yeah. right performance of a CI build right performance of, but performance when you do a sync but our most important thing that we want to improve right is single line of code change or a few lines of code change and then yeah. have it deployed right that is that is the bread and butter and that is where the wait time hurts the most Right yeah. in terms of productivity, so that that's our that's our focus. I guess there are questions about CI, but let's skip mm -hmm. it. It's like a different topic. Yeah, a lot of discussion about. Yes, that. let's talk briefly about profiling your build. Yes, so the with Android Studio 4.0 that was previewed on uh, Android Dev Summit, yep. there was a new Gradle profiling. Yep, but Gradle scans exist for a long time. Yeah. It's already yeah. available. What's the difference? What did they added to the oh, system? Yeah, no, great. We worked on them. Why we provided them hooks and 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 part so of the API. Basically, using the same APIs that Gradle scans using. Yeah, they're using a subset of the data. So Gradle okay. scans collecting much more data. So mm -hmm. so. So the thing is, right, uh, uh, and, and maybe at one point we will we will also do that, that we provide uh, uh, an IDE plugin for build scans, but at the moment it's not our priority, right? At the moment, yeah. Gradle scans is something you upload to a server, which is beautiful because you can share it, you can discuss it, and if you use Gradle Enterprise, right, you can compare to build scans, what has changed between two builds, right, and, and you see analytics and all that kind of stuff. So for us, uh, 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 we think a lot of value from this build data comes when you combine it, right? And when you make it shareable and when you apply analytics to it to, so that you can continuously improve your build, you can you can say, oh, my local build succeeded, the CI build failed, let's compare the two, things like that, right? And, and, and the other thing is uh, 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 what we want to achieve with build scans is a comprehensive set of data that an expert in most cases, find the root cause for phenomenon. So, including you know all the inputs of the task, right? Uh, uh, cache bandwidth, dependency download bandwidth, 
all those things which Gradle plugins have been used. So, so that is a comprehensive data that when you have an issue, you don't need to try to reproduce it, especially uh -huh. when it's flaky. Yeah. But we uh, we give you the data to 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 uh, uh, to analyze it, uh, that. So the thing is with Android Studio, right? There are people saying, oh, I don't want to upload my my, mm -hmm. my, my data, yeah, right? So I want to have it offline. I want mm -hmm. to just look at it myself. My company doesn't mm -hmm. allow that I so so there were and and just make it just convenient, right? To get some idea of what is going on in the builds. For me, this is complementary, right? And it's 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 great, and it, it's it's by design not as complex as a build scan because uh, uh, it's more important for them that that the that that it's digestible for for a plain Android developer, right? The, the problems that are detected versus being comprehensive. Yeah. So right? you're saying Gradle providing the huge amount of data, yeah. but you should be able to analyze the data. And for yes. Android Studio case, as yep. far as I understand, they provide some kind of brief yep. uh, tips. What should you exactly. do to yes. your speed? And it's cool what they do. I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, because it's just for a. Android specific topic yes. and they have a problem. Yes. yes. And then you can see, oh, this is interesting. So let me create a build scan. I want to share it with someone. Right. Yeah. So they, 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 they're, they're complimentary. Yeah. yeah. All right. So any wishes for our listeners how to be more happy with a build system and how to enjoy the process? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? Uh, uh, I think, yeah, it actually is, right? Uh, uh, so, uh, so, uh, uh, Depending on you, you have to take developer productivity serious, right? So, so it was interesting when uh, uh, when um, uh, one complaint or one many developers raised, right? Also in Android world, were saying, "Damn, we we don't have any good arguments for our management." To give us resources to invest into developer productivity, right? We don't. We struggle with convincing them to invest into developer productivity. So the thing for me is, right? Whatever toolchain you're using, mm -hmm. if you have reached a certain level of complexity and this toolchain is unmanaged, unobserved, right? And and you don't detect regressions, you don't know when something happens, why it's happening. Whatever toolchain you're using. It will degrade, it will regress, and will pay a price for that. Yeah. So you have to get into the mindset, developer productivity. I need to apply engineering to developer productivity. I yeah. need to make that a discipline, like application performance, right? Every I'm 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 sure at Lyft, <laughs> you have a very very sophisticated practice around uh, 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 the performance of your app, That's right? True. Right. Uh, so and you need to have the same for the performance of your toolchain, right? So yeah. that is something, so otherwise, no technology, no build system in the world, no cache, no whatever, will help you because, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, we had this company, right, that's where they were having a huge Maven build in this case, right? And the CI build was taking hours, right, for years. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then we started collecting data, and we could see, okay, just creating the jars for the yeah. CI build took 40 minutes. If you did it on your local machine, it took one minute. Oh wow! Oh, SSD, anyone? Yeah. This was not a poor company. They just had no idea that this had such an effect, right? Yeah. And and then we we, we see companies regularly that for whatever weird reason they run tests two times, the same tests in their CI pipeline, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, right? So you have to monitor. You have to. You cannot. The tool chains are too complex to uh, nowadays that you can just say, oh, you know, whatever. I throw everything in. I copy everything from Stack Overflow in my build script yeah. and use any plugin that is out there. And then and any annotation processor that is out there, right? And then I just hope that everything will be fine. And if not, I I I curse the build system, right? Uh, uh, we have our job to do, but but as developers, you also you have to actively manage your tool chain, right? That's true. Uh, that's so, true. That's yeah. True. All right. So that was Hans. That was Rus. Thank you guys for having time. Thank you. That was thanks. a great pleasure to speak with you. Yeah. Thanks for for inviting us to the podcast. Yeah. Thank thanks you. Very much. Much.